Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ira. Um, it's great to be here. It's great to be anywhere. Um, my name's Ira. I'm a compulsive overeater and alcoholic. And, uh, yeah, my anniversary date of continuous sobriety and continuous absence is September 7th, 1983. So this holiday season was my 39th. And food is, you know, it calls. It's like I appreciate what everybody said because we're human. The biggest fear I have is just being anonymous because there's a natural human thing. And I happen to, I used to say when I first came in, a 325-pound drunk trumpet player, uh, drunk drunk uh, trumpet player in L.A. is a bad, bad career move. And it is because this is, of everything, the one place, this is all about image here. You know, and there's different things. I find it very interesting as life keeps getting better and better and bigger and bigger. I have MS. I have Parkinson's, which has gotten a little worse, and I'm exercising. I don't, it's not, I like to exercise, but it's like, it's different. See, we don't share time. The whole point of a, of a, a birthday here, AA, anywhere else, is to let everybody in here know that the program works. Now, I can ask the question, I came from Pacific Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. They have a huge meeting on Wednesday nights, which I haven't gone to for years, but uh, let me ask all of you, for instance, um, how do you, do you feel the same as you did when you walked in the meeting, better or worse? Raise your hands if you feel better. Okay. Has anybody, since you came into the meeting, eaten anything? So guess what? So you feel better. You haven't eaten anything. The program works. That's it. All you've got to do is take that into the, the rest of your life. That's it. See? And it, it, it is simple, but it's not always easy. It's not supposed to be. You know, so I know some of you, um, my wife didn't want me to do this. You know, she's got years in another OA for her. She said, you know, you got to be careful. It's, like, this whole thing is taking care of business. It's, it's selfish of me to come in here, for instance, knowing that I'm sick, thinking, you don't understand, I'm different. I need you more than I need to keep you well. It's, that's the kind of stuff that I have learned. You know, I'm going to make some quotes from the big book. I came from Pacific Group. I still read two pages every day. We were to put it down after that, the AA 12 and 12, after that, the OA 12 and 12. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, it's, it's, I am in some OA literature. Ask me later where it is because I don't want to sound like, uh, I'm doing a publicity tour 
from the valley where we have said that we may not be pretty, but we are sincere. So um, anyway, uh, you know, we talk about the promises a lot. And the only way I know this stuff is it was uh, passed down to me. By the way, it doesn't say this is the program we worked. It says these are the steps we took. There's a misunderstanding about that. I personally, I think the tools are great, but they are not the nexus of the program. The steps are. Okay, and I think that what happens is that we start thinking, and I hear it all the time, and it's me too. You don't know, it's like I am still at war with everybody in the world in my head. What I've learned is I don't have to show that, I don't have to act it, it's not dishonest. You know, somebody says, well, you got that stuff, well, you're not working a good, you know, it's just like, who cares? See, I'm just anonymous. The whole point and I, I knew a guy in AA from here named Al Marine, who was a very, he was a uh, merchant marine. He had 60 years of sobriety. Scary guy. He said, the purpose of this, the purpose of sharing is, and he did it like this, to inspire the alcoholic. And you know what? I'm this little Jewish kid. You know, I came in weighing three, uh, well, I came into this program weighing 308. Um, I, uh, high weight that I know of was 325. And the first amends I had to make was to the state of California. All my 12-step uh, experience has been here. Although I've been around the world a lot of places. But uh, the first, one of the first amends I had to make was to the California Department of State. Because my, and I've said this before, that what it said uh, on that first license was that I was 5'11 and weighed, I think it was either 248 or 265. The issue wasn't, and I was, I say, at least when I came to my first meeting, I was probably about 310. But the point is, I've never been over 5'7 in my life. <laughs> See? And my sponsor said to me, that's what we do. We lie. So the deal is, is that you find somebody you can really talk to about this stuff and bring it back and tell us how you got through it. Don't try and do it yourself. It's not group therapy. You see, the biggest problem, like I appreciate the people that took candles here. I'm a, I, we have a very, I have a very different experience, but that doesn't mean that everybody else... See, I didn't know that. The other thing I heard from that AA sponsor, and Marty was my sponsor for 30 years till he died of cancer. Marty Burns. And he was an alcoholic too. And thank God that what I grew up with in this program, I take myself real seriously. I'm very intellectual and all that stuff. And I like to brood. And people laughed at everything I said. <laughs> See, rather than get into, well, it's my opinion. You're not doing it right. It's like, screw yourself. I'll show you. I'll do it my way just to prove you wrong. And if you're right, I'll kill you. You know, that's that's where my mind goes, see? So the point is, is that, so one time Joe said, the next time you get a great idea, he said, do me a favor, take a couple of aspirin, go to sleep, and if you still have the idea in the morning, then call me. <laughs> see, that's how my head is. I cannot listen to this, and listen, I'm a, because of this program, I learned about relating to people, especially in the business, I've written a lot of music. Um, a lot of music that some of you may have heard. 
you know, in some movie scores and stuff. And the point is, I need an Im imagination. I'm working on some music now. You know, I need an imagination to work. But the problem is, that doesn't help me solve my... The same stuff that I need to use to come up with this colorful stuff that I do. Although Joe used to say to me, because he was a music director, he said, you're an artiste with an accent grab on the E. He says, all that means is you can't hold a day job. <laughs> you know, which is true. Because I'm always dreaming of my, you know, my great creation. Which turns out to be, at one time, you know, like tons of deli food, followed by Kalu. You know, now maybe it's like I'm not endorsing or posing. I think if you need to talk about food, you should. Because why, why do we, we, we kind of try to ban people from the Because we're afraid that if somebody says something about food, it's going to trigger something. Well, if you're, it's going to trigger something, you need a sponsor. This is a spiritual program. What does that mean? At least to me. Spiritual means, and this is, first of all, I'm an addict with food. I'm an addict with alcohol. I sponsor a guy who was an addict. He's doing real well for years with narcotics and food. Okay. So the spiritual change is, based on the experiences I get this, and I was one of those that got one of those bright light, you know. I went to a 100-pounders meeting in Reseda. I had been to the one in, I mean, after that, the one that used to be at the Federal Building is now in Westchester. I have a lot of friends there. And um, so it was, so I was convinced, I had been exposed to it four years before, or three years before, by that guy who became my sponsor in AA. And he took me to a meeting. He was not an, an overeater, but he saw that I was having a problem. And he asked me one day while I was working, um, uh, and in fact, the day that he asked me, I was working as an orchestrator on The Incredible Hulk on that particular show, and he was the composer of it. And I think Cl he brought Clancy down, who was a you know, mainstay in AA. And afterwards, he says, how you doing? I had a huge beard, and I would wear a knit cap, and I wanted to look dark and forbidding, which I succeeded <laughs> doing because I'm small. Oh, by the way, the hats for this. See? So, um, it keeps me warm. Um, but the point is, so he asked me one day after that visit, he said, how you doing, Ira? I said, I'm doing great, Joe. You know? Then he said this to me. This is three years before I came in. So you don't know when somebody's going to get a message. He said, if you're doing so well, why do you keep trying to kill yourself? To which I don't have an answer. What do we all do in here? We, we give a reason why we're doing this. The thing about addiction is you get to a point, this is when I think this stuff comes into play, is when you're doing it for no reason at all or long past why you think you were doing it. So the idea, like for instance, my dad, I didn't get along with him. You know? I didn't get along with him. I was scared of him. Some stuff happened. He threatened. He never hit me. But you know what? Like I say, I'm now, he died at age 62 of, of conditions of this disease. But I am now 73. When he died, let's see, I'm trying to even remember. Um, but the point is, he was a bitter man. 
I didn't want to be that. I didn't know it at the time. And we solved it with food. But when he died, um, I it's like I made amends by, you know, it says how to do that, I, by reading him a letter at his gravesite in Detroit. I mean, in suburban Detroit. And I've done these things. And it didn't fix it. But at least, like I was taught, for instance, and I do this, and I recommend it to anybody. First thing you do in the morning, every morning, is you make your bed. Which I take off on weekends now because my absence is in place, right? You know. So the reason you make your bed is because from one, from that first moment, is you bring some order to the chaos you're in. Am I... That sounded good. It sounded something like I'd write. And maybe I could get that. Anyway. Um, and in the 10th step, in the AA 12 and 12, Bill says, it's a rare day indeed when we don't do at least something right. And I need to remember that because I could be so busy. In fact, it happened at a meeting I uh, get speakers for. It's an old meeting in the Valley of the Saturday in the Park meeting, which is now all on Zoom. And this girl's been coming and she's beating herself up. Why? Because she was at an event which had nothing control over. Her kids got COVID, or apparently they're fine, but she got it. Or she was afraid she'd get it. And she was all over herself, having a miserable day because she got COVID. Now, if, listen, I'm like everybody else. You know, I really, like Joe gave me another piece of uh, good advice. He said, if you're not sure what to do, don't do anything. And what that means is instead of reacting, Check it out with somebody. Now, I'm in a very interesting position in my life now. My kids, I have two lovely granddaughters. I never thought that would happen. And uh, they're smart. One's athletic. One is the mastermind. She's the younger one. She's 13 months old and a mastermind already. Um, but, like, they live in Lake Balboa. And it's a suburban working class. And the guy that is, he has properties, the guy that they're renting from wants 700 grand for that house with no air conditioning. My family, most of them, I've been here, out here 50 years this year. You know, and everything I've gotten has become from here. So I'm in this interesting thing. And before I left, I had tremendous conflict with my family. This is before the program. There were fights left and right. In fact, even in abstinence and sobriety, we were at the Botsford Inn, and <laughs> Susan and I, she's got a lot of juice, and so do I, and, you know, and, and so we're up at 2 o'clock in the morning screaming at each other, and we got two calls from the, from the desk. You better stop, or, you know. And it's not like that today, see. But that, that's at the beginning of abstinence. I mean, not the beginning, because I met her in 1980. She says I met her before. We got married. We started dating in 94. I met her in 88. And um, it's how you get through these things. We're still here, like the song says. You know, we're still here. See, that's what's important. And everybody in here has, you can't, I've heard that this said this way. You can carry a message, you cannot deliver it. What that means is the only way that I carry a message is the example I said, period. You can't have a, having opinions as you should do this. You know what some of those first drunks did? 
We talk about relating to food. They would drink milk with lemon in it to stay sober. That does not sound appealing to me. They did not understand what a compulsive overeater is. But I'm talking about way back. And the only reason I know this stuff is I've read this stuff because I was told to read it. Some, and some people say the third step is you do what you're told. Because if you think about it, I'm sharing experience, right? And it also says in that same step, there's no debate in the spiritual world. So the minute that I'm debating something, right, or explaining something, Joe used to say, you don't have to explain it to me, E-S-P-L-A-N-E. Anytime I'm explaining myself, I'm coming from a position of insecurity. I cannot know this if I'm still eating. See, so for me, it's, or bulimia, or whatever it is, you know, it's like, if I'm, if my, the whole point of what an addict is, or a compulsive overeater, I've eaten too much, I've eaten too fast, but I've told somebody what I'm going to eat. Sometimes it's not been 100% perfect, there is no perfect. What Joe used to tell me about the highway, it says the road of happy destiny, not to it. And what he used to tell me is, the road to the goal is the goal. It's being on this road with you. This is as good as it gets. We're not eating. We feel better than we did before. I mean, you may be bored, you know, but we, well, you have a right to be bored. I mean, some of you do. But um, the, this comes from practicing this stuff. Not There is nothing about mastering it. There are three parts of the 12th step. You have this spiritual awakening. What's that? You read the appendix on spiritual experience. I strongly recommend it because it applies here too. But it also says that most of them are of the educational variety because they happen slowly over a period of time and the rest of us see you recover before you do. And it starts here and it continues on to all parts of the life of your life. I have an awful temper. I can be really nasty and somebody said, you want to really, you want to really know how, how uh, and this didn't happen for me, if you want to know how spiritual you are, only date somebody who has more time than you. And I didn't, and she's, but we're abstinent. We have two lovely grandkids, which we never thought we had, and we see ourselves in a position. I live in, like in the border of Woodland Hills in California, uh, in Calabasas, up in the hills, right? And with what our house probably is worth, we could probably put half down for on virtually, and it has always been my dream to live on the side of a freshwater lake and maybe, you know. And because, and I went to my mentor, not my sponsor, although I talked to them too, who's one of the most spiritual men I know because he's done a lot for music and in the Air Force, and it's a whole thing. And I trust him. And he's not my sponsor. Um, but he said, there's so much right about this. He says, I read people know who you, where you are. You don't have to go after it. I still think I do. See, there's what we know and what we think we know, even about COVID. What do I really know? I'm not a doctor. It's just I see this stuff on the internet, so I think I know something. And that's a problem for a, a guy who has a... Well, there's a joke about addict personality, right? So there are these two guys reading a paper on a Sunday morning, or whatever, having coffee. And one of them says, yeah, says, wow, he says, Bill, he says, look at this, or Walter, whatever. He says, what? He says, they found a pill that will get rid of every addiction ever. 
So his friend looks in and says, well, what would happen if I took two? <laughs> so that's how we think, or that's how I think. See, But I can only know this. See, if I'm struggling with food, it's all about the food, not about relating to, to what's around me, which is what the traditions are about. If you look, for instance, I happen to be Jewish, and I did a lot of my 11-step work. You know, I chanted Nam Yohorengekil for five. I had a Gohansen. I took Kabbalah. And it's, it's all the same thing. The Shema Yisrael says the same thing that the first tradition says. Our common welfare comes first. Personal recovery depends on what? Oh, unity. I've done my, I've been four, I intergroup chair four times, and the experience of that led me into other things. I've been, I was a delegate from the Valley uh, to 16 World Service Conference, uh, 15, and then I did a 16th because some people in Orange County had this brilliant idea of having me run for general trustee. I went and I lost so bad. I didn't care because my MS was acting up. But they were angry. And I saw the politics. It's okay because they're human. There are people who live with And two weeks later, I got one of the biggest gigs I ever got. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I can't. If I'm trying to control my environment, I'm screwed. See? That's what this is. To me, that's what this is about. That's why I'm here. Like, I, I, I gave Susan a promise that I would wear two masks because she's really afraid. But I see, obviously, but there's a problem with me wearing two masks. My glasses don't fit right and they fall off. So I am trusting, or I have faith, that being me up here and taking care of business and being okay, and then, like I said, I still lift weights. You know, I mean, I, I'm doing the best. Instead, I couldn't get to the gym. So instead of doing the kind of sets that I did when I was bodybuilding, I'm doing 200 reps of a real life. And that gives, you know what? For 73, that ain't too bad. You know? And I get the same thoughts all you get. You know, it's like the world's a disaster. What's going to happen next? Uh, do I have 10 minutes or? Okay. Or you could open it up. No, no, I love it. I, like I said, I'll go anywhere to hear me talk. <laughs> so. However, um, so, but, but what I'm saying is, it's what's good, not what's bad. For instance, people have talked about the Zoom meetings versus physical meetings. I went to, uh, we have a, a book study in which, in fact, there were five of us there um, uh, a Friday ago. It's on Friday nights at 7.30. It's been on Zoom. But between the five of us who were there, there was like 130 years of sobriety. You know. Uh, but we just decided that Based on what's going on, people are not comfortable going to a physical meeting. You know, we had masks and, you know, all that kind of thing. And so, like, you know, in, in the 2.30 meeting that I have been involved with, it's, a, it's in a county park facility, so they will not allow you into the gym. And um, the Wi-Fi is really bad, so the idea of a hybrid meeting doesn't work. I am all for, by the way, the idea of because it will allow twice as many people to do service, is having parallel physical meetings and Zoom meetings of the same meeting without them necessarily being conducted by hybrid. That allows people to want to do it on Zoom, Zoom, and people want to do physical, physical. But it's interesting how scared of change we are because people object, well, what happens if nobody comes? Well, you know what? If I move to Detroit and I can't find meetings, I know OA is there. It's, a, it's, strong, it's started here, and it's 
there are a lot of meetings, and but in AA, certainly, it's the same principles for me. But the whole point is, if I can't find a meeting, I'll start one. All I say is, it takes a resentment and a coffee pot. <laughs> or in our case, a resentment and a jar of sugar-free syrup, or whatever. I don't know. So, anyway, I, I wanted to... Like I say, there's stuff in here that we don't think about. Uh, I did a workshop for OA Rise, which is uh, based in the Northwest, in which I found, and I think I have the literature, uh, the stuff, 192 promises in this book. Okay, because we keep talking about the nine step promises. But what people forget about the nine step promises is says there are four, five words at the end of that phrase, which people conveniently forget sometimes, it's if we work for it. And how you have to work for it is to help another person. That's what spirituality is. I don't care about anybody. I'm self-centered. Give me, give me, give me, and don't let the door hit you on the way out because you're a pain in the ass. But give me some more. See? And the idea is to change from that. It says our job now is to be of maximum service to our higher power and the, the world around us. In other words, become a respected member of society, which I believe I am. And then, you know, I, it, it was this program that showed me how to deal with it, especially in, in the entertainment business. I, I learned how to read, you know, you have to read people. Where are they coming from? Everybody is not the same. Everybody is not a threat. I have to remind myself that it is. That there's a guy I'm working with who I'm teaching who's got a, a great film with a, a upbeat, I mean, it's a marvel, it's based on a true story. And he's, you know, it's great, and I can't reach him. And he's had, he, I think they have an alcoholic in there, and he's back in Arizona. And so I'm convinced that I must have done something wrong. You know, that's how self-centered I am. Oh, I'll leave you, uh, this one is not a great one too. As I'm sure any of you who are, Abstinent have gone through a point at which you think that everything you're saying is being misunderstood, people are getting angry at you, and so on, and you're doing it wrong. Well, this happened to me. I said this to somebody at a meeting, and it happened right somebody cross-talked at a, a meeting. I said, if you say your truth, say what you really believe, say it with your soul, you're going to make somebody angry. Believe it. Believe it. But you know what? We're anonymous. It doesn't matter. Nobody can kick me out. That's how I. That's the first thing I thought when I saw the traditions. My first thought is they can't kick me out of here. Not that anybody cared whether I was there or not. So anyway, so I'm feeling that way for about 12 or 15 years, or I forget when. At that time, Joe had a, one of those houses, it, it's like in uh, Beverly Glen. I mean, uh, Sherman Oaks, but south, right? It was four stories. All metal and steel, big windows, white leather, you know, that kind of look. And his office was at the bottom. So once I got into this thing, and he knew it, uh, he was very cool. He said, some of the people that you'll meet here are some of the worst snakes you'll ever encounter, and they can make some of the best sponsors. You know, and that's true, as long as somebody is not pretending to be something that they're not. <laughs> See? So I tell him this, and I'm feeling you know, that everything I'm saying is being misunderstood. And so he says, he sits me down. So what's going on? So I tell him. So he says, the first thing he says to me, and he had this big glass kind of dining room table or whatever. He says, you got any money on you? What? You know, 
I look. Yeah, I got a 20. He says, put the 20 on the table. Okay? He puts a 20 on the table. He says, now, Ira, he says, how many people do you think there are in the world? So at that time, I said, the 6 million, right? He says, just for argument's sake, let's say there are 7 million people in the world. Would you agree to that? I said, yes, I would. There are 7 million people in the world. So he then said to me, he says, Ira, this 20 says that not one of them is thinking about you right now. Then I said, and I started to laugh, and I said, not even my mother. He says, chances are your mother's not thinking about you either. She's worried about herself. See, that's what anonymity is. And that's what we're really afraid of. You know, it's here that I learned, and I knew this from the prayers, you know, the, the El Me'alach is the prayer for the dead in Judaism. But the prayer for the morning prayer is the Kaddish. And what the Kaddish talks about is everlasting life. Okay? And, like, I may not be here, but my music will be. We all have something. If I believe in the theory of relativity Einstein, we're all, whatever we say and do is, is still around long after we say it and do it. When I came to a meeting, it was four years after he told me about, well, he took me to an OA meeting. There were all women there. I, I was having big problems in my marriage, and I didn't want to go in. So this is before I came in, because you have to hit a bottom to get this. Now, you can raise the bottom up, but you have to hit one. Otherwise, you're still going to try and do it. That's my experience, and with everything. So there's these seven women there on a Monday night or something, and I wouldn't go in. I, I No, I'm not going in. He said, well, you, now he got mad because he's not an overeater. He took me to a meeting. That's how much he, he, he stressed it. He, and he had a temper like me, although he had wavy hair, which I was jealous of. But um, he said, well, you can keep, he says, I'm going in to re- survive. You can keep feeling yourself I want. It's up to you. And slammed the door. And three years later, I showed up here. See, you don't know when it's going to happen. So what I want to... Uh, so, like I said, we, I found, and, and I'd be happy to show you, I mean, I have it on my computer, um, all the promises we found in that thing, or 192 that I found. But this is, the, this is the best one. See, this is the ultimate purpose of the program. And this is, you know, as good as the, there's the promises of the fifth step, we can look the world in the eye, the ones that we talk about, the ninth step, the tenth step, and by now we've ceased to fighting anything and anyone. But this is in a vision for you. And uh, I'm going to put these on. I want you to hear this, because this is the feeling I get, and this is why I'm here. This may take me a while, but I'll get there. See that? Please. It's a bitch sometimes, but I'm still here. Okay, so what I'm going to do is on page, it starts on 151. I never was um, smooth and graceful, and that's part of my story. So. Okay, um, 
All right, so we are at the beginning of a vision for you. And um, what I'm going to do is, all right, so the first paragraph, it talks about normal folks and what drinking does, or in our case, food does, right? Yeah. Okay. The, le- the less people, and this is the second, but it's not so with addicts. And I'm, I'll substitute food in this. The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. As we became subjects of king food, king overeating, king bulimia, king anorexia, shivering denizens of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. Uh, Let's see. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out sorted places like sorted restaurants, you know, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Momentarily we did, then would come oblivion and the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair, unhappy overeaters, bulimics, who read this will understand. And there's an exclamation point. How much time? We're done? Can I can I finish this or no? Okay, well, you know, I mean, there, there is all I was going to do is read. You tell me if you want me to stop, I'll stop now. I don't want to give maybe 60 seconds. Though. All right, um, I'll get to what, what I wanted to. Okay, let's see. You know what? Okay, all right, well, this is the paragraph that I'm going to do. Okay, so. It talks about how it, it, there is a paragraph. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing, but I might be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, glumless, like some righteous people I see. Have you sufficient substitute? Here it is. Yes, there is a substitute and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship and over years anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. Thank you for letting me share. Keep coming back.